And welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bav. Me, Fluff. Uh, right, let's deal with the admin straight away. I'm getting this right this time. We're going to deal with the admin straight away. <laughs> welcome, everyone. Hello. We'll go through what we're going through in the show today later on in a second, but I'm, I'm going to go through the admin. So, you know where to go. It's facebook.com forward slash the Screen Masters for all the information over there. Uh, send us a message. You can get posts about the thing. There's a quiz over there that I did. I'm working on a TV version of that same idea. Uh, so look out for that in the coming weeks. Uh, if you would like to, you can go over to the YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash bitebackyt, where all previous podcasts have now been re-uploaded. So that is all of them, including the audio-only ones that I've been saying for the last few weeks will not appear on YouTube. We have decided to do it. Our good man, uh, Wayne, the editor, has has gone through it and done it for us. So there are now two playlists on there for Screen Masters, one that contains all episodes in their audio-only form, and then another playlist containing all of the video versions of those same podcasts, if they exist. Uh, so please go over there, have a look. Uh, also, uh, you can uh, donate to the uh, network if you want to. You can go over to bit.ly forward slash biteback Patreon, uh, and you can get various uh, Patreon rewards over there with tiers at two four and six exactly dollars that is by the way dollars yeah um uh, and remember in all those cases the bite is spelt as a computer bite not a food bite now i also have some very exciting news i'm sure for anyone who is like you know less than 40 listening to this uh because you're probably on twitter yes that's it ladies and gentlemen the screen masters are available on twitter as of now you can okay. find us. Why am I finding this out on the pod as opposed to pre-pod? Where has this suddenly come from? It was supposed to be a surprise. Well, evidently it's a surprise <laughs> to me because I don't know bugger all about it. Well done, everybody. Now, we're now on we've Twitter. Got, now, we've got to clean, now we've got to peel back the curtain. The reason I didn't tell you is because <laughs> this episode doesn't go out for about five weeks. Ah, I so see. I've got five weeks for us to sort out how we're going to do this. Oh, okay, but that's fine. I set it up and I've hidden it so that I've now got the ability you're, to set it up. And you're, do it you're the right social now. media bunny. That's fine so, by me. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now, I, I've just realised that actually I don't know what the link is. Is it twitter.com forward slash whatever our at is? Hmm, I, I, I don't, don't know. I, anyway, we are at the SM underscore pod because every version of screen masters was taken screen masters pod was taken they don't allow you enough characters to do the screen masters that might have been available or screen masters podcast or the screen no so the did you try Bav and, and fluff screen masters it's not big enough like i say you can't fit you don't have enough characters to even fit the screen masters you're one character Can you short. be a post uh, you know ampersand, be ampersand won't allow ampersands well that's just a bullshit yeah i know it? mate welcome to the world of fucking social media that's why i don't like it anyway you can find us at <laughs> stop laughing because i need to do the at you can find us at s the sm underscore pod the sm underscore pod find us over there uh it'll contain all the stuff that goes up on facebook links to the episodes and stuff but obviously maybe um 
you know, it'll be a bit more social. Well, you know, if I'm watching a shite film or something, I might just post on there. Oh my God, I'm watching this. How bad is this film? Has anyone else seen it? You know, it's that idea. It's another part of the community. And we're finally in a position to uh, be able to do that. So, yes, get over there. Uh, Hopefully next episode, I will get the actual link right. But like I say, at the minute, if you're listening to this, you should be able to at the SM underscore pod. And if you know, about twitter hopefully that will help you find us um if you in. do check back put, next episode to see whether i've leave actually us a few figured comments. out what i'm supposed to tell, tell us what the hell we're supposed to do with this thing exactly um, yes and and exactly. as always if there's any like social media bunnies listening to this who who would like to volunteer to run our social medias you, please please send, send me a message i am crap at this stuff i would really appreciate any help that can be provided <laughs> by the community <laughs> so and here's me thinking I've written out my intro and I was going to get it bang on today. Yeah, you were, yeah. And it's gone, it's gone yep. haywire already. But today on the show now, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be discussing Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the series and the film. But and the f- series. Anyway, we are probably going to, we think we've timed this to, we will probably get through the first movie that starts the series, which was released in cinemas. Uh, and then the series went to, I don't know, Disney Channel. No, it probably wouldn't have been Disney Channel, would it? It would have been Cartoon Network. Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so uh we are probably gonna get through the film and the first three seasons, we think. Uh so second again, two parter. Come back next time for uh seasons four, five, six, and seven, because they are some of them are slightly shorter, so we think we'll be able to fit them in better. But first, before we get into that, I would like to turn to the words of Richard Cheese. Uh, back in the days when I think he was known as Mark Davis. Now, this is weird, and someone fact-check me if you like, because I thought this was by Weird Al Yankovic, but what I've found says it's by Richard Cheese. Her name was Leia, she was a princess, with a Danish in each ear and Darth Vader drawing near. So RD2 found Ben Kenobi. He'd have to put the Death Star plans into the Rebellion's hands, so Luke and Obi-Wan had had, oh, had to get to Alderaan. So they went to Mos Eisley to have a drink with Han or something. Anyway, I apologise. I got the You know what? To begin with, I was thinking, you know what? He's practised this. He's he's clearly knowing the, his lyrics here. He knows what he's doing and you fluffed it in the middle. So yeah, I'm not going to pay you a compliment. Before, you can, but... yeah, you, you, you fucked that up. It was going oh. so well and you fucked it up. Oh, <laughs> someone give me some sympathy in the comments. Come on. Anyway, um, thank you for the response to the YouTube stuff. By the way, it's it's all been re-uploaded, and we've had a couple of lovely comments. Um, uh, and I totally meant to shout someone out, but I totally forgot to write down their YouTube channel. Um, but I shall do that next episode. I really apologise. But thanks for all the the lovely comments and uh, the likes and such, and keep those coming if you can. They really help with the YouTube thing, and it helps to get our content seen on YouTube elsewhere. And to be fair, it's just nice that you're you're watching, you're listening, and you're enjoying. Especially Absolutely. under current circumstances, we're all finding ways to entertain ourselves. Ah, and uh, that's a and point. Was, uh, we were we were told where Cara G was from. Yes, Canada, you know, I believe. Um, yeah, I believe it was Canada. It was a, but it was a specific thing, wasn't it? It was. Was a, it British Columbia? No, it was like a naturalized thing or something. Oh, I can't remember. But yes. She's, okay, she's we'll, we will Canadian. do our proper research and, and notes, even though you're supposed to have done this beforehand. I just turn up and talk crap. Um, but that's fine. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it just popped into my head that I meant to say that, uh, meant to write it down when I read the comment. But, I totally but it's forgot. nice. These people leave comments, which means people are listening to us. So, That's yeah. it. We know you're out there, guys. Thank yeah, you yeah. very much for your support. It, it means a lot to us, and we hope we are able to provide some levity in these times. We know it's hard everywhere. By the time this goes out, I'm sure it'll still be hard. And as you know, with us, we don't tend to reference the pop culture because these things are so delayed. So. We just like to remain a beacon, a beacon of entertainment in a sea of misery. So what have you been watching? Come on. Oh, well. I mean, obviously trying to finish off Clone Wars, which you've still not done. But, you know, we're not not, going to get it going. Clone Wars, yes, which I may not have managed yet by three episodes. But um, actually, I haven't watched, you know what? I don't think I've watched like anything other than Clone Wars, thinking about it. Shit, have I really not watched anything? Well, I mean, the problem is I've me and my daughter have found some lovely things to watch at the minute. So, yeah, my week's been filled with watching Bake Off The Professionals uh, and Stargirl, which I'm still thoroughly enjoying. It's still good. They're rebuilding the team. We got Our Man and Dr. Midnight this week, which was quite nice. Um, So, yeah, I've not a lot to say. What I was going to say in this section, actually, is... um, do you remember when we were discussing the Mandalorian and we were talking about production value and how, you know, like the scenery and everything looks so incredible. Mm. I don't know whether you've seen any of the stuff. Disney plus has been doing their yeah, gallery. Series. I haven't got so around to watching it yet. I haven't watched any of the gallery stuff, but someone has pulled some snippets out of it to create their own YouTube video explaining why the backgrounds and the sceneries look so amazing because they weren't, they, they, they didn't go there to these desert places. They're not real sets. It's absolutely fascinating. And I'm going to link the video in the description, everyone. And I suggest you go and have a look because it, it it's using green screen, but they're not green screens. They're LED screens. So they are building, they have built, a, they've got a studio where they've built three circular chambers of LED screens with an opening and closing so that they can seal themselves in. Mm-hmm. It's also got a roof that's LED. And then you decorate the floor in whatever. So if you're supposed to be in the desert, you'd put sand and shit on the floor, mm-hmm. right? But it it means that if you've got a reflective surface like you have in the Mandalorian with sure, all the armor, I get it. I it's get reflecting it. the LED. Yeah, yeah. So you get a perfect reflection of exactly what you're supposed to be seeing. It also mm-hmm. means that the light on the subject that's real mm-hmm. and the screen that is in the background are perfect. Because the LED is producing light. So that light is, you know, it is the light from the scenery that is around you. And therefore that same light, uh, you know, uh, spread is reflected on the person. So it doesn't look, the person looks like it's in the right place. The light isn't off, which is generally the thing that takes you out of a green screen. Is that you can see the light, you, you don't consciously know a lot of the time, but your brain is doing the uncanny valley thing where it, it, it knows something's not quite right here and it can't quite figure out why. And generally it's the lighting because obviously studio lit is directly above generally, whereas the scene that they're playing behind may be lit from the top right corner. Mm. So you have to replicate that in the onset green screen. But yeah, it's fascinating technology and looks incredible. And, you know, they were playing with it, changing the scene behind them. You know, the scene of the Mandalorian sort of riding along on its, um, whatever those beasts are called, I can't remember, uh, riding along on one of those. And just, yeah, just the scenery moving 
like you would have it in a track, you know, if you were moving along. But it's it's absolutely brilliant. And they've they've got technology to tie it into the cameras. So that if the cameras are doing a sweep around something, the the scenery goes with the camera in the background. So that it can move around to show different things if it's not showing that at that particular moment. Mm. Then they can also use it for green screening if they want to, but they don't have to like put a green screen across the entire background. They can just pick a sort of six foot rectangle and turn that part of the LEDs green. So it functions in both ways. And then when you do that and you just turn a six foot bit green, the lighting is much better still because you're getting lighting from every other part of it that is accurate. It's only that one six foot panel that is not giving you proper reflections and lighting. It's fascinating. I'm, I'm going to uh, link it in the description below, guys. So if you're listening to this, please go uh, and have a look at that video if you're interested in the the, the visual uh, side of things, because that, uh, for, you know, it's expensive. Obviously, it's far more expensive than a green screen because anyone can do a green screen. But it, it is it's the technology of the future and uh, to to replace green screens, I you know, looking at what in this short video, what they're achieving with it, the, the possibilities are endless. Mm. So that's it. Go on. That's the only thing I had to bring to the table today. <laughs> so uh, George, <clears throat> George Lucas, uh, this is back in the days where he was still in control of the, uh, the Star Wars franchise, um, had kind of announced, I think it was 2005, he'd announced that they were working on mm -hmm. a uh, cartoon series uh, and that it was going to be something that they were going to be working on. He, having spotted a certain... TV series, which you just literally mentioned, called Avatar The Last Endbender. Uh, having seen some work that Dave Filoni had done on that, uh, decided he wanted to work with him, so he brought him on board and uh, and yeah, so he, he began his tutelage under George Lucas. Now I say that because there isn't much that Dave Filoni doesn't attribute to George Lucas for uh, everything he's learned about Star Wars, even the stuff moving forward you know he always goes back and says that you know without george lucas he wouldn't know as much as he did he was such a huge influence to him for this series the rebel series and everything moving forward uh dave filoni has very much become the star wars myth uh, mythology leader uh since since you know george lucas has left and kind of gone his, his separate mm. ways from uh lucasfilm so anyway as this was going on, uh, they decided to obviously put a series in the works. Now, as they were testing the first few episodes and, and, and watching it, they realized that, you know what, this would be really good if we could push a bunch of these episodes together mm. and we release it as a film. And that is exactly what happened. So, yeah, they ended up doing a release of the film, um, which was in 2008. Now, this was going to originally debut i think on cartoon network they obviously decided to change that so they yeah, uh, they actually put it out for theatrical release yeah i mean it didn't do massive well, again, business but again does, you know from a budget of the, like 68.3 uh, million eight, eight worldwide and against an 8.5 million budget yeah. so it made 60 million so you know they already they already had the series in the works and uh, and so they decided to put this out so yeah it did relatively well so this is where we're going to pick up and uh, so we, uh, yeah, so basically to, to just quickly explain actually what The Clone Wars is, if you don't uh, already know by now, you, you know, Star Wars mythology, The Clone Wars and then we have Revenge of the Sith. Hang on, sorry, are you going to be honest? 
what the Clone Wars is is a throwaway line from A New Hope, but you know. Oh, well, oh yeah. Sorry. Well, again, <laughs> I, I it's, it's whether, your father, uh, you know. Wars. Yeah, but again, again, this goes back to to George Lucas, who supposedly you know, had he originated it all, it all yeah, and you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, supposedly, whatever. Um, so we got to attack off the clones, and so um, after this, there was that period between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and you kind of went, well, what happened there? And this is what happens there, because the Clone Wars, when they talk about it, they talk about it with with gusto at points, mm. and they talk about it as though it had a huge historical meaning for the galaxy. Yeah. Because it did, and but we've never seen it. We've never had it described. We don't know the ins and outs. We don't, you know, they talk about, oh, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars. Okay, well, what happened in the Clone Wars? Mm. And this is the gap that fills that that whole point in. So we are introduced to several uh, new characters. Uh, Ahsoka Tano, mm -hmm. perhaps the greatest addition to, uh, to, to the animated side of things uh bring it bringing that character i mean i cannot wait to see that character in the mandalorian um as as it's been rumored fingers crossed yeah, that, that does happen oh uh, no i can't ask because i haven't seen rebels thank you very much yep you'll have to keep, Reb uh, you'll have to Just, keep uh, can you put rebels in a timeline for me where does rebels rebels uh sorry guys rebels is the uh, another star wars animated series that yeah. follows a different time period but where does that so sit is that after six uh, it is no uh, so rebels is uh, after revenge of the sith yeah but before a new hope okay so she was but she's fulcrum in that isn't she but however many, however, many years will have passed, by the so end by the end of rebels there will be kind of a time jump that kind of discusses the battle of endor mm. and i'll leave it there shall we say okay, no leave it there, and obviously we say. know mandalorian is set after the fall of the empire anyway so that's after yes. endor and all that stuff so okay exactly yes um so yeah so this uh so yeah so that we, we got introduced to the film now a lot of the original cast came back to do the voices but only for the film they didn't come back to do yeah. the voices for the, ra uh, the rest of the series like samuel l jackson people like that they all came back and were like yep that's fine we'll do the voices you give us some money um so yeah this you know, it's basically showing the first years of the of the Clone Wars. We've got Anakin, we've got Obi-Wan uh, and their clone troopers uh, basically going up, up against a, a separatist army. But again, we've got this young Jedi, uh, Ahsoka Tano, um, who's been assigned to serve as, as Anakin's Padawan by Yoda. Um, so again, by, by telling you that, and you, a lot of people would go, who the fuck was Ahsoka Tano? I've never heard of Ahsoka Tano before. They mm. never talked about her in, in Revenge of the Sith and stuff like that. And that is one great thing which will lead through this entire series right down to the final uh, series. But you've not got there yet, so we can't talk about that. No. Um, so your thoughts on the animated movie then? The animated movie? Uh, honestly, I from what I've seen over the four bits, you know, what, how far I've got, I'm only three episodes away from the end of the fourth season, so I'm going to say what I've seen over the four <laughs> seasons, over the four seasons so far, I can pick about two or three better things, things that I'd rather have seen. The the plot, the main thing of fucking Jabba's son being kidnapped, I just don't give a shit. I'm sorry, I just don't care about that storyline. That's the, That's my problem with it. Like I'd rather watch, like when we go into the series, there there are quite a lot of three or four part episodes, and I just think about how affecting some of them are, and I'm like, why didn't you pick that? Why why not look at that bit? Because again, you can argue 
you can argue that okay this is the beginning of the clone wars but it's it's not because as we know the chronology actually jumps around quite a lot so there are episodes as you, as we go through this that say oh chronologically this is set before the movie yeah yeah. So it's like, huh, so we're not right at the beginning then. So you didn't have to pick this storyline because you wanted to go at the beginning because you could have, you know, uh, my point is, um, like, I love the, yes, the, the introducing Ahsoka, teaming her up with Anakin, giving Anakin the responsibility. Um, I like the character of Ahsoka as well as she develops because she, you think she's one thing and then actually it turns out that she's got a little bit of a master in her anyway by default. She's got a little bit of the the recklessness and the mm -hmm. the sort of young very young but very headstrong and almost arrogant to a degree you know that that overconfidence is your weakness line a little bit of that in her which her master has and uh, it, you know it makes her a very interesting character a very complex character which hey <laughs> she's a female what a surprise um so that's really nice to see i yeah i just like to say the the that storyline bothers me. Um, I only found out recently, though, Asajj Ventress um, was uh, nameless until this was made. She was first introduced in... Uh, now, I don't know how to say his name properly, so I apologise. It's the guy who did Samurai Jack. Uh, and I think his name is something like Gnedi Tartakovsky. Mm. Or Gnedi Tartakovsky. It's like a G-E-N anyway. He's brilliant. I love his animation style. And he did two series of The Clone Wars about three years prior to this in a more normal animated format, not a CG animation. Mm -hmm. And he introduced Asajj Ventress in that, but she didn't have a name. She was just a nameless... She was just Dooku's apprentice. And they kept the character for this and gave her a name and a backstory and everything. Mm. Fact check me if I'm wrong, guys, but that's that's what I'd read. That's what I've read in research for this, um, which I found quite interesting because uh, I, I love that Clone Wars series. I've got that other Clone Wars series on DVD. Mm. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's totally different to this. It's more about the action and the battles, but it is it is very cool, uh, very frantic. So yeah, I I, I think the problem is because I like I watched this film back in '08, mm. and it. And it made me not want to continue, not want to watch the series. So I didn't watch the series after the film because I was like, "Oh, I'm bored." And you know, the problem was that I didn't, you know, I, you, you see Anakin in the films, the the prequel movies, such a whiny, and I hate bitch. him. And it's not just because the character is a is a uh, it's not a badly written character, but the way the character is written, there's very little redeeming qualities about him. He is essentially just a whingy fucking brat most of the Unfortunately, time. Unfortunately, he's acted like a wooden spoon as and well. And that's the other problem. You haven't got a decent actor that can show the complexity and the conflict within the character adequately because then that would give you empathy for the character because you'd understand their struggle and, and see the pain in their face and in their eyes as they struggle with the internal conflicts. Unfortunately, not... you need to be able to act to actually yeah. display any sort of emotion on your face accurately. And yeah. as we all know, Hayden Christensen, yeah, he's basically a piece of IKEA furniture. So, yeah, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to be critical just because he played Anakin. I'm serious. Like you look at the other individuals that have acted in this film: Natalie Portman, yep. Academy Award-winning actress. Hugh McGregor, fantastic actor for, for 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 decades, but but no, but 
you know, they have taken their acting skill and they've gone off and done successful. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Natalie Portman's a, a fantastic actor. We know Ewan yeah. McGregor's a fantastic actor. Absolutely. I don't think Natalie Portman is any good in the prequels. No, 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 no. But no. I don't think but, that's her but, fault. But my point is, she had a career after this. It didn't, yeah, like, Star Wars wasn't her make or break. And before. Edinson was fucking terrible in this. And guess what? He was terrible in the two or three films he did after this. And he's disappeared from Hollywood. Jumper. Um, was that one that he did? I Jumper, think he yeah. did some shit called Jumper. Yeah, yeah, I think, was that with... Um... For those UK-based listeners, no, I don't mean like a woolly jumper. It was more like he jumps. Yeah, he also uh, hooked up with uh, the, the beautiful, awesome uh, Rachel Bilson. Um, but, you know, <laughs> busted. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, right, no, you've like got you your new love now on Raven's Quest, Mythic Quest, whatever it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's fine. Um but yeah, no, the, the, this was a very much a throwaway kind of thing. Uh, it, it was just to try and publicize the, the series that they were doing. There was not a great, great amount of depth to it. It was, okay, let's bring in Jabba the Hutt and his son to try and connect mm. an older audience with a younger audience, our old audience, or watch yeah, it yeah, with yeah. their kids, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this point. was just, you know, it was it was just the first domino of the, the Clone Wars, so to speak. Yeah. You know, this was the first battle, and guess what? There's going to be many more as, as it goes along it wasn't anything special it, it did what it needed to in order to uh, set up the the series yeah. uh which we'll begin to move into so yeah so you know the series as it as it begins now um you know that we've got the republic which needs to deal with the separatists so yes they now have a a clone army which is being led by the jedi but at the same time obviously you know palpatine is still in the background now we see him as the senator that he is, but we also see him as Sidious as well throughout this. So we know he's playing both sides. And that's where some of the intrigue lies here because, you know, some of the characters, people like Dooku, people like Asas Ventress, might have ulterior motives of their own as well as to, uh, you know, their obedience to their to their master. Mm. Um, so, you know, your it was anything that kind of stands out first series for you that yeah. uh you know that because uh, there's a lot to say you know there's a lot of stuff set up here this is the thing it is the first series so it is a lot of setup here which which will plow through um like i say beginning ahsoka uh and, and anakin's journey together uh you know a little bit frictious to begin with and the the right. deep-seated love that they have for one another by the end uh is is very very clear so uh -huh. spoilers well, you know, Master and Apprentice. <laughs> tell tell me one Master and Apprentice that doesn't, you know. I'm only joking. Bastard. Um, I, yes. Now, uh, at this point, I'd like to apologize to the listeners as well. As as any uh, long-time listeners will know, I am a big fan of printing off uh, lots of recap stuff for us when we go through these series. Uh, you may remember the infamous 18 pages front and back for South Park. Um well, ladies and gentlemen, for Clone Wars, we are on A3 paper and 11 yeah. pages front and back. So I apologise, as it's A3 paper, there may be some some rustly, some, some, some noises while we go from the season. So I, I just apologise for that in advance, okay? I will try and get some A4 paper next time. So, um, yeah, I tell you what, here's... Let me go for my general thoughts first, and then I'll sure. pick out some bits for you. Um. So, yeah, I, I mostly enjoyed it. Mostly. Um, every time that I saw one that was Jar Jar Binks, I, I died a little bit inside and was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to watch this. 
but you know, yeah, if it, it was it, acceptable, it was what it was. It's like you say, when it starts off, it's on a diplomatic mission. Yeah. Um, Padme or Jar Jar, and you're like, okay, this is going to be a shitty one, then, isn't it? I something that I lo- I loved about this first season is how shit General Grievous is. Never thought about yeah. how crap he is. Yeah. Like it starts well, it starts with a one part episode, but then you go into a three parter about his brand new ship, the Malevolence. That's like this big, awesome super weapon. It gets destroyed in three episodes. Like they just fuck it up straight away. And he and he has to fuck off somewhere else. And I'm like, why does Dooku keep this fucking guy around? He's a fucking moron. And, you know, early in the series, I'm thinking this. And of course, you know, because I, I don't know who I'm dealing with, do I? Clearly, Dave Filoni knows what he's fucking doing. Was he showrunner for this, do you know? Yeah, uh, but, uh, essentially, again, I can yes. see like Paul Dini's name comes up a bit, which, again, if anyone uh, is, is a fan of the old Batman adventures of what's it called? The Adventures of Batman or the New Adventures of Batman or was that the, was the new one? Adventures. Batman the Animated Series. Batman TAS. Oh, okay. That's what it was called. Batman the Animated Series. Um from the late nineties, mid nineties, dunno. Anyway, Masterminded by Paul Dini. Incredible series. Has some of the best animated stuff I've ever seen in my life in that series. My favourite one would probably be uh I Nearly Got Him, which is where Batman's villains are sitting around a table discussing the times that they nearly uh, managed to kill the Batman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. You, it, but it's one of those episodes that you'd look at and go, "What? Why is that? How is that going to work?" But it's just so good. Anyway, but yeah, if he's the showrunner, then fair enough. He, he, you know, th- th- there's a lot going on there because obviously, as it went through, yes, he fails time after time after time. But they make sure it's not just that typical bad guy loses, runs away with tail between his legs, comes back with a new army next episode, gets beaten again, runs away with his... You know, it's like the old... Uh, yeah, we mentioned Dick Dastardly a couple of pods or whatever. You know, it's like him. He was back every episode with the same weapons and the same tricks, and they didn't work every fucking time. Like, if he had a boss, someone would have been going, yeah, you're not doing a very good job, actually. Mm. But... He doesn't, so he gets away with it. But obviously, with this, they do do it differently because later on in the series, then Dooku actually tips the Jedi off as to where Grievous is, mm-hmm. uh, like his private base, isn't it? They send him into, and then Grievous comes back to discover his there's Jedi's in his private base and he's being attacked. Um, and and Dooku sets him the challenge of you know survive and you can stay, but <laughs> I'm sending the Jedi's after you because you're shit. So yeah. I really liked that. It twisted what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, it was the you know it was his kind of uh, you know Grievous's malevolence and his outright hatred of the Jedi and the fact that he used you know lightsabers and stuff like that. Dooku wasn't entirely on board with that because he's like. They're Jedi, you know, they're still trained fighters, they're still, uh, you know, with the ways of the Force, and whether he is now a Sith, or, you know, whether he was a Jedi, doesn't matter, he still respects the Force and its wielders, and he kind of saw it as a bit of an affront, uh, that Grievous was just kind of using their weapons, and it was like, okay, prove yourself then. Yeah, can you actually do this? Um, And yes, it's interesting what you say about the honour as well, because there is a bit uh, in Season 4 where he he gets done by Obi-Wan, essentially. I won't go into detail, because we'll discuss it in the part two. Mm-hmm. But he gets done by Obi-Wan, and, and then it's like, huh, Obi-Wan, you are a worthy adversary. Like He has respect for him. 
but he's I think he then says like, but Anakin, yeah, you're shit. <laughs> or something like that. He's like, Obi-Wan, you're worthy. You? Nah, you're not very good. Nah, yeah, you not so much. But of course he knows that the Emperor's keen on him anyway, so he'll mm. uh, that'll be the problem. Um Episode number five, rookies. Loved it. Yep. Just focuses on a small platoon of, of clone troopers. Yep. Um, Rex and Cody, who who become important later on and, and pop up at time and time again. Cody, is, well, Rex is the captain of, I think he's the, is he the captain of the 501st? Uh, sergeant. I think he is. Yeah, um, I think he starts off as a sergeant. Oh, sergeant. Sorry, whatever. Yeah, he's the he leader of the 501st, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think he is. And then yeah, Cody is a member of the 501st Division and there's a few yeah, others that pop yeah, up, yeah. don't they, like Echo and uh, Fives and Fives. those sort of guys, yeah. which is a bit later on again in a... Oh, yeah, that's all in a fantastic part we'll of season there. four that we're not going to get we'll to get talk there. about, are we? We'll get um, there. But yeah, that's a fantastic episode where they just get... They, they, you know, they're just getting attacked. They're just, they've got to defend this outpost and they're hoping for reinforcements. But it's it's really interesting to see. And leads me on to the point that I'll make about the clones when, when I've gone through some of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Downfall of a Droid, which is the one where episode six, where uh, R2-D2 gets lost mm-hmm. and Anakin spends the whole episode trying to find him. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. really nice again, because everyone else is like, oh, just get another droid. Yeah. And he's like, no, he's like, no, 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 no. And then obviously they realize they've got to get R2 back because he doesn't memory wipe his droid all the time to keep the secrets out of it. So R2 knows everything ever. So they have to go and rescue him. And, and like, I don't give a shit what he knows. I'm going to get R2. I want my apparently R2. he does know everything ever because he's the only one that's been there throughout everything and knows everything. And uh, and yeah, you know, C-3PO, yeah, you've had your mind wiped, but guess what? R2-D2 still knows that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, but doesn't tell anyone. Yeah, that's interesting. Um... Yeah, and I mean, then the, the 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 ones that stand out for me after that are because, like you say, the rest of it it's it's a war. That's what it yeah. is. We we go through uh, fucking Jar Jar episodes and all that shite again. The um, Gungan general. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Um, the the stuff that really stands out for me, and this one stood out for me specifically because of the recent stuff we've been discussing, uh, the recent pods on Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. The uh, episodes nineteen, twenty, and twenty one. So our storm over Ryloth, innocence on Ryloth, and liberty on Ryloth. That is a, a, a perfectly told, fantastically executed war story. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it takes you through, as we see with Band of Brothers, when we're following a company through things, follow it, right, we've got to do this bit first, then we can move to that bit, then we can do that bit, and then we can do this bit. It's like, you know, you think about the war in general, right? We've got to land on the Normandy beach. When we get there, we've got to take the guns out. When we get past the guns, then we've got to hold up here. We've got to secure this so people can come in behind us to reinforce us and blah, blah, blah. So the first episode is all about them breaking through the space blockade to actually be able to land on the planet. Mm. The second part is about them landing on the planet. Uh Sorry. Uh, yeah. So they the in episode one they break through the blockade and they clear the way. Episode two, Obi Wan then lands to establish a base and start the ground war. And he's got to take out a big gun that's hurting them. And then episode three is Anakin in space, still looking after the space fight. Obi Wan on the ground doing his bit, and then Mace Windu leads a final attack on the capital city to end. You know, to to win the war on that planet. 
it's so fucking good. It's brilliantly executed. As I say, uh, the first episode particularly, there's some excellent character work between Anakin and Ahsoka because she she makes a bad call and she loses uh, most, if not all, of her team, I think. I've written losing her team, so I don't know. I can't remember whether she loses all of them or most of them, but she has a team of clone troopers with her and she makes a bad call and she loses the fucking lot of them because yeah. it, she goes and decides to attack something when Anakin said, no, it's too dangerous. You're going to lose too many men. And she damn yeah, it, gets wiped out as well, but manages to make it back. But they they fail. She fails yeah. in what she was trying to do. And, yeah. and that's an important lesson for her to learn at that stage. Yeah, as as you say, the, the these episodes predominantly focus on one battle for one particular area. I mean, the whole series has been kind of continual battles to gain the support and the allegiance of a number of planets and a number of systems on both sides. That you know, the separatists are trying to recruit people to to their side. The the Republic are doing the same. This is the one which begins to. We've seen battles and we've seen this going on and this going on a space battle. This begins the actual impact of what this war is showing and doing to the systems. We see the slaughter of clone troopers. And you kind of go, oh well the clone troopers. But as you've said, we've got to know Rex, we've got to know Fives, we've got to know Cody. We get to know these guys. They're not just a clone. They're not just a robot clone. They are still wholeheartedly individual people. They still have individual wants and needs. And yes, they are clone troopers, etc. But that's that's you know they're still people at the end of the day, uh, and it's the the Twi'leks. Uh, Twi'leks. I'm terrible at pronouncing this 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 race. Um, and oh, it the, is yeah, Twi'leks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Twi'leks. And uh, yeah, this is the this is the race uh, which Harrison uh, Dula from Rebels, who uh, will become important when when we get through to Rebels. Uh, this is this is her her people, yeah. uh, and the, the, this might again pop pop this whole situation might again pop back up in rebels you never know and um it's 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 showing the the impact of the war where they meet an orphan girl and the clone troopers befriend this girl and she's like, oh yeah my, my parents died and you just suddenly go hang on are, are we addressing the fact that this girl's been orphaned during a war in a cartoon what and this is where that element comes into it 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 doesn't try and shy away from uh, the impact of it. No, there's there's some real harsh truths in there. Absolutely, like I say, that's what I think it was that episode one with the the, the them dealing with that issue and and bad choices and mistakes and how you cope with them and how you come back from them. Uh, it was a really interesting thing for them to do in a TV show that yeah is described as six plus. Hmm. It's it's very strange. Uh, well, it's not strange, sorry. I, I think it's really good, and I, I really enjoyed it. Now, you've touched on something there that was a point that I do want to make, mm -hmm. that I think there is a problem. Uh, and I don't think it's the... I think it's not the TV show's fault, it's the film's fault. The TV show tries to sort it out on behalf of the film, I think, the films. Mm -hmm. You touched on it there. The problem with the clones. In the movies, the clones and droids are cannon fodder. They yep. are mindless robots. We don't care about them. They are nothing to us. They yep. are a number. Yep. And that is the way it is throughout the film. No, I, I think I'm right in saying no clone trooper has a name. I don't think we ever hear. Is they're Rex they're there? given a the definition. No, no, no. They're given. They're given a designation. That's it. It's CT five fifty five fifty five or whatever. Isn't it? For Christ's sake, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's like a yeah. Borg number, that's and, and that's it. They're just so, a number, but they end up 
going through uh you know their uh trying to think of uh what it is their their boot boot camp training equivalent of and they become friends and and they develop these nicknames they're given these names them you know but by their fellow clone troopers and stuff like that some of them don't have designations some of them do and that's it it's it's kind of given to them by them so yeah like you say that they're, they're not cl- they're not considered individuals they're just considered canon so, yeah this this creates a problem for me because in the films hundreds thousands maybe hundreds of thousands get killed and we never we we never care about it because they are cannon fodder. They're like the Chitauri in Avengers. They're just cannon fodder. Yeah. They're just there to be murked and that's it. So that our guys can look good. Um now obviously in this they're they're there, but like I say, they're they're the equivalent of droids, of of mindless machinery, is how the films have set them up. Um so how can we not worry when thousands of people, actual people are dying on a destroyed starship or something. Uh, this, uh, it's fine in the films because you you treat them all as cad and fodder. I'm never led to believe that the clones are individuals. I'm led that they are to. I'm led to believe they are as mindless as the droids are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show and you know, yes, I'm not correct in this statement throughout the whole series. At this point, my my issue was that at this point, the the show wants to have the best of both worlds because there are still hundreds of thousands of clones dying in ship battles, but you're introducing me to Rex and Echo and Cody and Fives and Heavy and everyone else and all the like, you say all these characters that get given names as we go along, and you're humanizing them. You're you're making me uh, see that yeah, they do all have different personalities because Heavy is the the tank. He wants to get out there and just nail everyone with his big minigun, whereas Echo, you know, just parrots back the... He's called Echo because he parrots the information he's being told and ordered to do. Um, it, it, it's so interesting that they do that. So I, I struggle. Wait till you get to the bad batch. I, I str- yeah, I struggle with Wait the disjoint bad in that at this stage because I can't mm-hmm. r- reconcile the fact that I'm supposed to not care when I see a starship blow up and thousands of troopers die, yet I am supposed to care about individ- clone troopers as individuals and individual clone troopers within that. Now, uh, don't be wrong, mm. I, I love the humanising aspect. I would rather that the approach that the series takes over the approach that the film takes. Um, because I, I enjoy that aspect. And yeah, seeing rookies, as we said, with uh, Rex uh, always being a returning character. And again, Echo Cody, all those guys, they do pop up time and time again. Um, and and yes, I know I'm not correct in this statement after going through the rest of the series. And no, I am correct. But they this, the series is aware of it and the series deals with it at numerous times as we go through uh, the various series, which I'm sure we'll touch on when we get to the episodes. Um, the last thing I'd say occurred to me watching the first series. I think there's a kind of uh, Star Trek red shirt rule you can apply to clone troops. <laughs> Essentially, if their armor is plain white and they don't have any sort of uh, shoulder plaid flourishes or coloring on them, <laughs> yeah. they're probably yeah. a red shirt. Because like yeah. Rex has his nice big shoulder pad and his blue and cody's got the little visor thing permanently and his little peak on his helmet anyone, and his yellow and anyone who is basically a clone trooper as in a trooper that looks like every other trooper yeah. 
He's cannon fodder. Anybody who's got a little bit of a personalized outfit, you're safe. Yes, pal. exactly. Although having said that, like I'm fairly sure Heavy dies quite quickly after you get introduced to him. Uh, heroically, yeah. but I'm fairly sure, like after his big, the first big episode he's in, he dies part way through it. Yeah, no, there are sacrifices that are made by the our main clone trooper uh, trooper team, uh, shall we say? Yes. Um, but it's it's as you say about the clone troopers, which we, which really, you know, the the droids in the films were not given personalities. They they are a droid, whereas they are so fucking funny in this thing at times. Yes, uh, Roger, Roger, and stuff like this, and the oh, it's amount- not the Roger Rogers. It's the when they see Jedi coming and they're like, oh god, yeah, oh god damn it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it, it, honestly, it is the comedy of the droids at times. And uh, when uh, I think it's uh, there's an episode in Rebels, uh, which, which again they they meet some of the old droids, and again it's so fucking funny because it is just a bunch of droids, and they know that they're essentially cannon fodder. And it's like you could throw a hundred thousand bloody droids, but a Jedi's going to kill them, and they're all like, "Ah, oh, it's a bloody Jedi, isn't it?" So yeah, that was just a, another aside there. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I mean, as a whole, the first series was 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 fine and dandy. Uh, they they did some nice episodes, like you say, uh, you know, especially towards the end. They then w- kind of weirdly ended it on this uh, the, the beginning of the kind of bounty hunter side of things. Um, so we get Cad Bane, who we both know from uh, from the Star Wars mobile game as well. Uh, which hmm, I've yeah. got to say, how much did playing that game help you with remembering? Yeah, so I was going to mention. That. I yeah. forgot to mention that last bit. Yes, uh, like I say, the reason I know Rex, Cody, Fives, Echo, uh, <laughs> Heavy, I picked up from the series. But yeah, those four are in the game. Uh, the Ark Troopers in the game. All the Night Sisters. When we get to them, that made that so much easier. Uh, Eth Karth. Barissa Fay, Luminara and Dooley. These are all names that are just coming off the top yeah. of my head now because, yes, I've been looking at them in a Star Wars mobile game for the last two years or something yeah. while I'm trying to get them up to seven stars and all that crap. But, um, yeah, yeah, it made it very easy. Very easy. Um, so, yeah, so we go into the second season. Now, this very much begins. It's very much a season of, of kind of bounty hunters. and uh, It's and called like... Rise of the Bounty Hunters, wasn't it? It yeah, was apparently go. prefixed, so... Um, so yeah, this this obviously starts out with uh, you know uh, bounty hunters kind of stealing stuff from the the Jedi Temple, um, and kind of then going against and and kidnapping uh, younglings. Um, again, I'm not sure whether you've got to the youngling episode. There is a fantastic episode about the the younglings, which is apparently um, I didn't know this, but there was a, a series, there was an episode, sorry, about the younglings, and I think it's about them learning how to construct a lightsaber. Uh, oh yeah, and, that'd be interesting. And, uh, I, you, when you get to it, you'll know it because it's great. That apparently was going to be a lead into a spin-off series, which never transpired, which is a shame because you watch it and you kind of go, it's a shame, but then you kind of go, well, hang on, in in Revenge of the Sith. Anakin slaughters all of the fucking younglings, so it doesn't make a difference anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, the, the, again, this series goes on, and there's a, there's not as many bad episodes in this one, if, if that makes sense. I, I found that the, the the pacing for this series was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the continuation of stories as opposed to jutting all over the place. Very much to begin with, it is kind of the the, the bounty hunter side of things, um, yeah. and then picking up some more of the threads we get ahsoka and barasofi going off and doing a little thing again foreshadowing uh, a later relationship that they have um 
and and, it, and is there much sticking out for you in in the second season here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you say, yes. Barisoffi is Luminara and Dudu's Padwan, isn't she? Mm-hmm. So yes, they sort of hit it off in that weapons factory thing. I mean, just looking at it, there, there is like a five episode run there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was only three, but actually, it does sort of run in one into the other. Yeah, um, the beginning. Yeah, I mean, we had the, uh, the Rush sorry, Clovis the... Senate spy thing that mm-hmm. then bleeds into. Uh, Luminara, Ahsoka, and Barris trying to destroy the factory on um, uh, oh, what's their name? The Genosians planet, uh, led by Poggle the Lesser, which is another name that there's no way I'd have remembered if I didn't know it from the mobile game. Yeah, um, I quite like the Holocron story that starts it, the little three parter about the Holocron, mm-hmm. um, with Cad Bane, uh, where he then uh, kidnaps uh, younglings and that, and they have to rescue them. That one was pretty good, um. Like I say, I do like the the, the one on Genosha where they're, they're doing that. The, the one that really interested me the most, uh, based on uh, what I believe is coming in Season 7. I was waiting for this. This is why obviously what, <laughs> what we've watched in The Mandalorian. Um, yes. So, yeah, I, I know nothing of the planet Mandalore and the way it works and all that sort of stuff. So the, the episodes 12 to 14, uh, the three-part are based around Mandalore, was fantastically interesting. Uh, and seeing the, you know, because yes, they're a, a neutral thing, and they've never been, you know, you'd never have thought that they were the, the neutral race based on what we know just from seeing in the films of what we've seen about Mandalore. They seem to be quite a, a vicious race, I would have said. You know, they, 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 a warrior race. Exactly. Sorry, yes, a warrior race. That's what I'm looking for. But obviously, now I understand why, because they were, and kind of still are. But s- there is a movement to change away from that. Um, and yeah, I, I thought that was fantastic. The introduction of Death Watch, who obviously recur at various points, who are essentially a, a bunch of Mandalorian terrorists. Um, that's really good. The also the I think is it the end uh, episodes eighteen, nineteen, and twenty, um, where they are on a planet and do. Oh, sorry, I told you there'd be wrestling guys. Sorry, how how um, this is the beast, isn't it? Yes, where they're on a planet and they use a big bomb, and it lets the beast out of the hole. And then there's there's the uh, the moral conflict between do we kill this beast that may be the last one of its kind, or do do we save the civilian population of the planet? What do we do? Um, and and this is the first sort of hint that I can remember of us seeing because it's discussed before this that what are peacekeepers doing leading a war because that is how the jedi always describe themselves we are peacekeepers we are not warriors we're not fighters we are peacekeepers yeah so various times when you get to hear the opinion of neutral planets like mandalore or when you get to see the side of the separatists that isn't an extremist that is uh you know a more balanced separatist who mm-hmm. believes that the republic is is in the wrong and has yeah, valid yeah. reasons for believing so yeah you can see that point of view and exactly and i think go, they demonstrate it really am, well yeah but yeah this calls into question the jedi's morality because a jedi would never kill that beast because it is the last of its kind it would work to the jedi would work to find some kind of compromise between the planet and the beast or they would remove the beast from the planet potentially and find it another habitable place where it could survive to go and live. I don't know, but it wouldn't kill it. And that's what they're being asked to do. So there is a very interesting play over those three episodes uh, regarding 
you know, the, the, like say, the morality of, of how they're actually going to do this. Um, then, and is that the end of that where we get... No, where the hell have I gone now? So at the end of this one, uh, again, we get Palpatine. Oh, who's oh I'm on of... season three. I've gone wrong. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. One of the other things is uh, is Palpatine kind of being that that mysterious yeah, kind of go. Well, I don't I don't think we should kill it, and then kind of subtly being, uh, you know, Sidious at this point, like take that beast, find out its uh, its strengths, and apply it. And mm. yeah, you you see the insidious side of Darth Sidious. See what I did there? Yeah. And um, yeah, like like you say, it plays on the moral conflict that that the the Jedi face. Which isn't massively touched on uh, in in the beginning of of the the animated series. It is ever so more as we go on. Like you mm. say, between being a peacekeeper that they used to be and now being war generals, yeah, you know they, they've got a ridiculous army behind them, and they're all generals. They don't question it. It's oh, okay, yeah, Jedi general such and such. Every single one of them, even the apprentice. Yeah, yeah. Every, every single Jedi is a general and ranked above. Every yeah. single Padawan outranks a fucking clone. The clones are second-class citizens. Unless, of course, you and they go along. The captains and stuff as well, don't they? The admirals and... Yeah, yeah. And, and this is it, where, where you see the relationships. And this is where you see Anakin and Ahsoka and, and Obi-Wan and stuff like that. They build the relationships with their clones and stuff like that. Other people do, and, and other people don't as well. But that's that's what becomes important, that they actually recognize that they're not just cannon fodder, that they are people mm. um, as well. Um, the other one for this one, uh, I don't know if you recall, is uh, is Boba Fett. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, just gonna, oh. that's what I was looking for. It was the last uh, two episodes were on my uh, different page, and I turned wrong. But yes, there's a three-parter with Boba Fett uh, infiltrates uh, uh, the Republic, posing as a clone. Of course, he looks like them. Because um, I found that fact that that was great to start with because it didn't click with me. I knew that that clone was different. And I was like, why are you different? How are you different? I don't, I don't understand how you can be different to the rest of the clones. Um, and then, of course, yeah, it fucking tweaked when they revealed. And I was like, oh, well done. Well done. I didn't see that coming. And I really, really should have done. Because, of course, Bob is young at this time. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so he's working with Aura Singh and Bosk, I think it is, isn't it? The Trendocean. Um, and they are trying to help him kill Mace Windu for killing his father, Jango Fett, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Um, yes, that was really good. And uh, what did they... Because they get really badly damaged, don't they? Uh, like Windu. Oh, they get trapped in a ship, don't they, or something? And they they have to. Re- oh, I just remember the last episode. They're like recovering from, uh, recovering some stuff. So, Plo yeah, Koon and of, Ahsoka have to go. Yeah, and have kind the of sort st- of final st- battle against Bobber. Yeah, R2 is kind of the only person that's injured, helping them uh, and, and trying to get the the, the message out. Um, but he's kind of getting hunted down and stuff. Uh, yeah. And again, it's just uh, you know, it's R2 being R2 funny and. Uh, Ingenuity, uh, yeah, in, ingenuitive in in what he does to get out of that um, situation. Uh, so I mean, I mean, the other thing um, on this series is, you know, as you touched on the Mandalore, we get uh, Duchess Satine, and this is what one of the other things what I've really liked about this is again, 
we know at this point that uh, Anakin and, and Padme are, are married and they're in love and it, it's very understated in the sense that Obi-Wan probably knows stuff that's going on but isn't really going to say anything mm-hmm. um, and then it's interesting to then see him develop feelings for Satine yes. and you begin to see that the Jedi aren't just these uh, you know these emotions at the end of the day <laughs> That's precisely yes. They they do have emotions. They do have romantic connections. So this was very important because you've never you you've just seen Obi Wan the Jedi. You've never seen Obi Wan the man. Uh, you know, and this was this was an interesting development. Um, to that again, getting some of the insights into Mandalore as well, which becomes ever ever more important as we progress through the seasons. Um. Anything else sticking out for you in in season two? No, no, I think that's everything in season two. Cool. So we then get into uh, season three. So um, season three begins, and we get to see some of. So this is again. This is this is yeah, this straight is straight away where, one that stands out for me. Yeah, one that stands out straight away for me. But at the same time, I'm like, this is where the chronology begins to annoy me a little bit. Because... Okay, go on. In in the respect of, at times, I wish that I had watched all these episodes chronologically instead of in the way that some of the stories were based, because it it does occasionally jump over. So this uh, is set before, uh, like, some of the first seasons. Which was season one, episode five, is the episode where we're introduced to rex and cody and those guys and this yeah. is yeah this is them training in the clone training facility under master yeah. shakti yeah and so this is kind of basically them going through the training and uh, instead of getting washed out as as the the phrase is um from the program and and kind of i don't even know what a clone tree i think you know we, we see you know clone sweepers and, and moppers and stuff like that a little bit later yeah uh, so is the the deformed one who sort of helps him out a bit like a hunchback of notre dame he looks like yes this. and um, who has a little redemption and, and all this that and the other later mm-hmm. and all uh, so this was just a great one because again it's showing these guys just thrown together okay you're clones you're expected to do x y and z off you go um i'll let you take the lead on that one no, so no, absolutely. I, I found that fascinating. I find it really interesting again because it deals in uh, there's there's a lot of discussion of well, if you wash out, you, you either just get executed, or like you say, you don't, we find you become a janitor around mm-hmm. the training facility. But you know they're perfectly happy to yeah. You if you're no no use to us, then you're no use to us. So off you go. And that it, it's just uh, uh, crazy that that that. That that's what the Jedi are happy to go along with. It seems totally counter to everything we know about them. Yep. Um, um, what have I got here? A uh, couple here, which is back on Mandalore again. Yep. Uh, I think Ahsoka goes over good. at one point. Uh, Padme goes as well. Um, again, it, it it develops a little bit more of the Mandalore history and uh, sense of their people. Yes, because they're investigating whether there's some sort of corruption and stuff that's being uh, is a problem. Um, then, oh, I've got quite a few on these next two pages. Let's have a look what we got. Uh, so, ugh, you see, because Zero the Hut keeps popping up. 
and I'm never bothered with that. Now, uh, actually, I, I was going to make a point on uh, what you said about the the timeline thing. But to be honest, I haven't noticed anything other than that one episode that sticks mm. out to me like a sore thumb that is out of order. Mm. But put, uh, potentially, I'm missing things here and there, so I don't know how because it's uh, like looking yeah. through these notes. It says chronologically, this episode takes place after Senate murders, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't stand out as if it should. Not all of them do. Uh, there's just a couple of... The, I think that's the problem. When uh, I, I watched it and there were a couple of instances where I was like, well, hang on a minute, that, that doesn't make sense because of that. And then, you, yeah, you look at it and go, ah, okay, chronologically, it's, it's that. So it's just... It, uh, unfortunately, that first one, you could consider it a flashback to, you know, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, if you look at them as flashbacks, but it's when they sometimes put the chronological order and you're like, hang on, didn't we explain this? But yeah, it's yeah. it's not as noticeable until you get to the later seasons. This is kind of the midpoint where that's not as prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, particularly by season five, you're like, bloody hell, like, I've got to try and remember what happened there and then. Yeah, I guess there must just be times when Cad Bane can't have been there because he was in prison or something. I, I, I'm sure there's stuff like that, but I just didn't. It doesn't stand out to me because I just sort of accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here we go. Uh, episode 10, Heroes on Both Sides. That's the one. When the Senate begins debate on a bill that would eliminate government oversight of the banking clan's activities, Padme and Ahsoka travel in secret to the capital of the Confederacy of Independent Systems in, a t- in an attempt to forge a peace agreement with the Separatists. Are Yay! you trying to read the voiceover from the start? Because that was very, very well done. Oh, no, no, if I was going to do that. When the Senate bing begins debate on a bill that would eliminate <laughs> government oversight of the banking clan's activities, Padme and Ahsoka travel in secret to the capital of the Confederacy of Independent Systems in an attempt to forge a peace agreement with the Separatists. Much better, much better. There you go. There you go, put your audition in now. I was genuinely practicing that. Um, <laughs> I, I love that intro as well, because it's funny what you said about Avatar. I wondered yes. whether they pinched that from or, Avatar. Because yeah. it's the same voice guy, isn't it? it yeah. you, they're using Avatar uh, and Cora for the sounds very, very similar. Yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I might look it up actually at the end of this, and we'll tell you next time. Uh, then we're into yes, one of my favourites, the Night Sisters. Three parts yes. we get the first Loved one. Of those. Absolutely love this. It's fantastic. And again, I, I only know half of this stuff, but it, 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 remember, guys, what I said. It, it, Asajj Ventress was a character that was created without a name in the bit part sort of Clone Wars that was forgotten about and left. And all... Now now we get a massive backstory. We get three episodes dedicated to her, her home planet, her sisters, her race, how they're split. We learn that Darth Maul is tied to them, uh, that no one ever knew because we never knew his race. It's fantastic. Again, I would have struggled to know who was who in this episode had it not been for the Star Wars mobile game, because Night Sisters was the first team I built in that game. Um, <laughs> if anyone plays Galaxy of Heroes, by the way, hello. We, we play it. We play it too. You do. Um, I don't anymore. My, oh, do you not? Have you dropped out? Oh, fair well, enough. my phone broke, so I haven't oh, been able course. to. I'm, oh, see, I'm still working on Mando. They've just put Mando in it. Um. But yeah, I thought that's fantastic because um, you get her development and stuff and because uh, Dooku has abandoned Ventress mm-hmm. because she can't, you know, she's as bad as Grievous. She keeps failing. So he abandons her and tries to kill her, but it doesn't work. He doesn't manage to kill her. So she runs back home to uh, Dathomir, her home planet. Uh, Mother Talzin, who is the leader of the Night Sisters arranges for Dooku to have a new apprentice called Savage, uh, Savage Opress, 
who is the clan brother of Darth Maul. So he is a spiky-headed fellow, but he's got a yellow face instead of a red one. So he then goes out um, by Dooku to do some missions and stuff. Um, Brutally kills two Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Whereas you might say uh, Maul, if you talked about the brothers, you would say Maul had finesse. Savage Press has brutality, like straight up brutality. Yes. Um, So, yes, they, they try and attack... Uh, so Talzin tries to get Ventress to attack Dooku after Opress is doing some stuff, but Dooku isn't happy with Opress because he killed rather than capturing that he was told to do. Um, and Opress then has a bit of a conflict between his loyalties to his night sister home planet of Dathomir and Mother Talzin and Ventress, because essentially the men are subservient on that planet. As far as I twigged, the, the night sisters are the leaders, and the men serve the Night Sisters. Hmm. It seemed to me, you know, Savage thought he was working for Dooku, but as far as Talzin was concerned, he was under the command of Massage, mm-hmm. and she was telling him what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, he's getting very conflicted because he can see the strength of somebody like Dooku, the the yes. uh, the much more together individual the person who's in control of his emotions and the force and then he sees Asajj who's just all over the goddamn place with her emotions can't control the dark side anywhere near as well so yeah it's it's conflicting because he looks at one and thinks this is somebody that's got it together I've been told to obey and this is the person who told me to obey him he doesn't seem to have a shit together so yeah conflicting very Mm. conflicting Um, Um, so in the end Savage goes back to Mother Talzin he believes that Asajj Ventress has betrayed him, and then Talzin sends him off to look for his lost, long-lost brother, Darth Maul. And my comment after that is, I wonder when that'll happen. So, Pete, has that happened for you yet? No, not yet. Um, <laughs> I might be three episodes from the end of the fourth season. Um, so, yeah, then... Um, see, I mentioned that there's a three-parter straight after that with the uh, on the planet. Um, yes, the son, the daughter, and the father. The, the father, the son, and the daughter. Yeah. Yes. That's really interesting as an episode, oh, yeah. and yeah. it it that episode is a great example of a point that I'll make at the end of this. That that what this whole journey is doing for me, in terms of my how I see some characters. Um, but yeah, delves into Anakin quite a lot, mm-hmm. and there's some really interesting foreshadowing of the power that he can control and attain a little glimpses of that. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, the sun is interesting because again, because we played that silly mobile game, the sun reminded me quite a lot of Darth Sion, but yes. I don't know whether he is or whether that's going to turn out to be something later. And I've just kind of predicted it ahead of time, but I will see, I guess, as I go. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. A really interesting three-parter there yeah i mean it very he, very he gets much the the third episode anakin actually gets sees the future doesn't he yeah he sees, he sees himself, himself as darth, darth vader. vader he sees yeah. all the death and destruction that he and the empire are going to cause yeah and the father tells him well you you can change away from this it doesn't have to be this way mm-hmm. but this is a future at the minute yeah that that kind of this is the path you're on so i found that quite interesting 
It uh, was. It was. It was the fact that he was being lured to the dark side by the sun, who mm. could sense the power within Anakin. Uh, that essentially he would supersede his level of power yeah. himself. Um, and what is the interesting thing is, yeah, he gets to see the vision of, of Vader, and as uh, Anakin Skywalker, he's afraid. Yeah. Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. Thank you, Yoda. And mm-hmm. yeah, you can see the fear in him. But what's more interesting is the fact that he doesn't leave uh, this place remembering any of that. His vision, his memory of those visions are taken away from him. So he has no recollection of that. Which again is just that overbearing thing of, yeah, we know it's coming. You did, mm. but you don't anymore. Uh, so that, yeah, it's just the father, son, and the daughter is one of the the most force important episodes yeah. of the Clone Wars. Full stop. Yeah. Um, it, it does highlight a slight problem you have when you're doing prequel stuff or stuff that fits in the middle of existing things. Sure, which is that they have to write that they, they they then have to write out that vision that Anakin's seen. So we can't have it affecting him for the rest of the series because then yeah. why wasn't it affecting him in clone, you know, in episode three? So yeah, the father has to erase his memory so that he doesn't know. We'll also say this these episodes may foreshadow something occurring in Rebels also. So just to okay. uh, interesting. Just to just to play that in mind in mm-hmm. mind as well. So every once in a while I will mention Rebels to you all, uh, just so that you're aware of the connections between the two. Uh, but yes, this is one which definitely has uh, some important bearings at a later point. Um episodes 18, 19 and 20 in season three I really like. Uh it's just a you know your basic sort of Clone Wars story. Uh they need to go and rescue uh, Jedi team need to go and rescue uh, Master Even Peel, which is a hilarious name. Um, who's got some hyperdrive coordinates that could harm both sides of the war, and his captain has the other set of the coordinates, so they've remembered half each. So they have to rescue them and get the thing uh, and get the coordinates back. Um, but of course, the the captain which it took me totally by surprise, but I thought was brilliant. And whoever voiced it was doing a perfect Peter Cummings impression, but it's, it's Tarkin. It's Captain Tarkin. Yes, yes, yes. He's not a grand moth yet. Cause he's a goodie yeah. apparently, but it's yeah, brilliant because yeah. you get bits with him talking to Anakin yeah, and Tarkin explaining his opinion of the things that are going on and Anakin going, huh, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, I kind You've of agree with you. Relationship, and then you find out that you know because there's a bit later on where Obi Wan's like, "Oh, you need to be careful" or something. And he's like, "Oh, don't worry about my job. I'm I'm friends with the Emperor. I'm friends with the the Chancellor. He he'll you know he'll take care of me. He'll make sure I've always got a job." Mm-hmm. I just that that is the stuff that when you're doing the prequels and things, they're the bits that pop me. They're the mm-hmm. bits that get the reaction from me because I'm like, "Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good little foreshadowing," you know. Uh, one other thing foreshadowed as well oh. is um, yep. uh, j- j- again uh, j- just something. I'll, I'll say this more for for uh, the, uh, the the final episodes. Um, so we get the uh, oh, hang on, sorry. Before you go to the final episodes, then uh, no, the no, no, thing- no, no, sorry, sorry. This uh, the, the the final episode, Terry, uh, referring to the season, the final episodes. Sorry, my final. Apologies. Oh, I I'll call it the sorry. final season. So there is just a point here which does come full circle back around when we get to those final episodes, which is uh, Echo 
effectively dying in battle. Yeah, that's what I was just about to mention because yeah, I was gutted, gutted. But then I've re- I've looked at the notes here today, and it says Arc Trooper Echo is seemingly killed in battle. So I'm like, oh man, foreshadowing. Yeah, I know, but I don't want him to now be out for the rest of the season just for you to bring him back at the end for one episode. I'd rather have him alive if he's alive and featuring in episodes because I like the character because you've made him a character. So I want to see his character playing off Rex, playing off Cody, being part of the team. Um, so yeah, I was pretty gutted when when Echo <laughs> died or didn't die, whatever. Um <laughs> I just, I, if they're going to bring him back, that's actually going to annoy me, unless it's a continuity thing, because you got the impact out of me there. You got me. That, that, that I, I was, All I was genuinely say. torn up when Echo, I actually, you know, I audibly sat on my own in my house, went, no, yeah, when he died. And I was like, all, oh. All I'll say is, and uh, th- this is one of the things where I do kind of have a lot of faith in uh, The Mandalorian and, and other stuff that's moving forward mm-hmm. because of people like Dave Filoni, who, Set something up, and we'll pay it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will just say, I don't, I don't know whether you would, will, or might be disappointed at anything that potentially might possibly occur will, later maybe. on. Maybe trying to be as evasive as possible. <coughs> yeah, you all I'll say is have a little bit of faith. Sometime. Yeah, no, fair have enough. Have a little enough. bit of faith. As long as they don't <laughs> ruin the impact, you know, no. that's fine. No, no, no. Um, no. And then, yeah, the the final two episodes in season uh, three is Ahsoka centric, which I loved. Yeah, loved and it's great. I mean, it's episodes. it's it's not it's not revolutionary. It's Hunger no. Games. It's Battle Royale, the movie. You know, and I'm not talking about Fortnite. Battle Royale is the original film that is essentially Hunger Games. That any, Hunger any Games kid out essentially there? was written based on, and it's based on a book that came before Hunger Games. Yeah. So don't any kid at out me. there, that even though you can now at us. Um, at the SM underscore pod. Um, <laughs> and and at me on that. Right? Go and watch the real Battle Royale and you'll understand why your shitty little game means nothing when it comes yeah. to Battle Royale. Yeah. Yeah. Battle Just Royale the first is a term that doesn't mean anything anymore. What a film. Yeah, I've watched that years, actually. No, nor have I. Maybe we should have a little, pick some Japanese films that we like and have a little rewatch of some mm. Japanese stuff. So I do love my Japanese and Korean stuff. Um. Yeah, but yeah. So getting you to watch some of them because they'd be horrors. Um. Yeah. Uh. But the final episode also introduces us to. Do you remember? Do you recall who's in this one as well? Uh. Yes. In the last episode, because it's yeah. called Wookie Hunt. So I was like, <laughs> huh, I wonder who's going to pop up here. The worst. Um, the worst thing about the Wookies, though, they do not look great in CGI. It's not CGI generally. It's that style that they've yeah. gone for just doesn't work with fur. Things, it's all yeah. all animals that have fur, I don't think look very good in, in that particular style of CG. I struggle with all of them. Um, because yeah, there's no definition in the fur. It's just like a big long piece of, just like a piece of clothing that he's wearing that just moves as one solid piece. You know, yeah, it's weird. Um, but yeah, that is fantastic because yeah, it's it's Ahsoka and some young, uh, some younglings, three younglings mm-hmm. that have been trapped on this planet for we don't even know how long. The Jedi have seemingly forgotten about them. No one's tried to save them. We've never heard any word that they're searching for these younglings at any point in the series. Um, and yeah, essentially they're trapped on a planet that is 
a battle royale planet run by Trandoshans, um, uh, who, who, like I say, is Bosk's um, race that we've we've met earlier. And yeah, the way they go through, the fact that they that you know they kill off one of the one of the the Jedi younglings, the most you know the one that we yeah. are introduced to the most, the one that yeah. we empathize with the most. Yeah, and they they kill her off. Yeah, and that's really harsh that's, because that's she's been brave, there for ages. To do. And she's never going to get free. And again, yeah. it introduces more complexity to Ahsoka mm-hmm. because Ahsoka has turned up on this planet and driven them to go and try and fight back and get off. Whereas these three have been surviving perfectly well on their own. Surviving, yes, but surviving. Yeah. Staying alive. And Ahsoka's plan leads to the death of one of those people. So she's then left to deal with the guilt of the fact that if she had never opened her mouth and had just accepted the way they were doing things, everyone would still be alive right now. But they wouldn't be free. And, yeah, and this, uh, there's the conflict. Goes and back it's to... fantastic that you're putting that into a, a young female character. Yeah, that's this goes back to stuff. what you'd said about her similarities with Anakin at the very, very start of the, the first series and things like that. And you see the natural progression as, as anybody does, as we discussed in, you know, our, in our band of brothers, war will change a person. Uh, and the, the experiences that they have throughout that period with Ahsoka. Yes. She's a little bit more brash. She's a little bit more headstrong to begin with. She becomes a little bit more thoughtful. Her actions have consequences when it's her own life. She's not, She's not a- avoiding the idea that she could put herself in danger. But when she has to put other people's lives in danger, civilians, younglings and things like that, that fundamentally changes her. And these are the in- incidents which begin to change that t- to the amazing character that she is. I cannot yeah. wholeheartedly say enough how amazing Ahsoka Tano's journey is from Clone Wars throughout Rebels and beyond, I hope, because mm. she is one of, if not, my favorite star Wars character. Um, I think she's just got such depth and complexity and yeah. I, yeah. I look forward to seeing what they do with her. Yeah. As much as my daughter loves the new star Wars films, because she's got Ray as a, a, you know, a strong female protagonist. uh, There's been a couple of times where I've been watching episodes of this in the background while my children are doing other things. And she's, she's tuned in when it's been an Ahsoka episode. And she's she's really liked the character, and I, I genuinely think if I'd have, you know, if she'd seen these couple of episodes, and I now said to her, well, do, you, "Do you want to watch it all? We'll start at the beginning." I think she would, because I think she likes the character. Don't be wrong; I'm not going to, but I think she would quite happily watch yeah. them. And she sits and watches the occasional one with me. Like I say, if they happen to be, you know, playing on the Switch or whatever, or uh, you know, playing a bit of Roblox. And we're all in the same room. I'll just have Clone Wars on in the background, and it's it's interesting to see when she gets sucked in. Hal gets sucked. Uh, sorry, my son gets sucked in really easily. But you know, she, she I didn't think she would necessarily, and uh, and she does get sucked into it. But yeah, all right. Any closing thoughts? Not for me. This one Not up? for me. Now, I I you know like like we say this is you know although I. Uh, you know, TV side is is my thing. This is, you know, this was one that you'd requested because I know it's one that you've been eyeing up for a while. So come on, you know, you, you're now, uh, you know, at this point, you're halfway through. 
what had been your thoughts? Uh, uh, I, I I think it's incredible. I really do. I, I think it's an amazing show. It's another example like Avatar The Last Airbender, like The Legend of Korra, like uh, something else come to my head so that I'm not constantly just referencing those two. <laughs> uh, Justice League, the original uh, animated Justice League cartoon. Yep. This is not just for kids. Mm-hmm. This has adult themes. It has adult interests. Yes, it has stuff in there for the kids. Of course it does. It's got Jar Jar Binks falling over and slapping himself in the face numerous times. Of course it has. Sorry, did you say Darth Jar Jar? I don't. It's got loads (laughs) of cool stuff in it. Um, And it's got loads of really interesting stuff. Like I say, there's lots of moral complexity. There's lots of character complexity. It's not black and white. They don't try and make it black and white. They don't simplify things. And that's not to say it's complex. I could be accused of saying it's complex in that way. but. They don't go for the simplest possible explanation all the time. And as an adult viewer, I appreciate that. Um, I do have some questions that occurred to me by the end of this. If, and it's never occurred to me before, I I don't know why it's just occurred to me after watching the series, but how do Jedis have children if they're not allowed to love and marry and shit? Uh, right, I I'm, I don't want to say okay. too much because there are little things for the next couple okay, of seasons. Fine. Which I'm not In which case, say don't answer that. That can be a question we'll come back to part two then. Yeah, the, the, that, there's not necessarily that, um, but there is. Uh, it, it's also in, I want to say, Rebels as well. Okay. There is a, uh, th- there are a couple of episodes where there are Force-sensitive children who are being hunted down by Inquisitors. Who they are and what they mean. Okay. You'll have Interesting. To find out. Okay. I'll wait for that then. Um, and I've, so Jedis and Sith and all that, they can sense disturbance in the Force. Yes. How the fuck did no one sense that Palpatine was the leader of the Sith for God knows how many years. It just occurs to me that no one ever suspected. No one ever had a moment in the I, film. I know the answer. I actually know the answer to this. I if know the answer. If you quote a fucking article that I saw the other day that apparently no, explains it in some extended no, Star Wars no, canon no, not at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Because I did see an article the other day that explains that apparently Yoda, before even The Phantom Menace, has a meditation session where he identifies that there's a problem and that there's there's something missing and Mace Windu writes it off as him just being Yoda. Mm. No, Ugh. no, no. I have three words for you. Darth Jar Jar. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> the thing is, I've not, I've not even looked into Darth Jar Jar and I refuse as soon to. As you, oh. Right, when you watch this video, you will come back to this and you will go, you know what? I don't believe it's true. But it's bloody entertaining watching it. Just that is all I'll say. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, go do do. I encourage you to go on YouTube and just search the Darth Jar Jar theory. It is entertaining as shit, uh, and it really rolls uh, my uh, my esteemed podcast co-host uh, up a drink. <laughs> I, I didn't even want to finish the discussion with me when you you, you tried to explain it to me. I, I didn't even want to to yeah, justify it. Was so it. Funny. Uh, so, so the Darth Jar Jar video I need to link. <laughs> Do well. it. Honestly, watch it and then decide whether you want to link it. That's that's it. That's uh, It's like a 10, 15 minute video. 
It will make you giggle I'll if anything what, else. It'll depend whether the person whose channel has put it up is monetized. Because if it's as big a bullshit as I think it is and their channel is actual monetized, I am not getting them any money by <laughs> sharing that link. <laughs> if their channel is not monetized because it's a bullshit channel, then uh, yeah, I will probably share the link for fun. That's fine. Right. That's on you. That's on you. You're the you're the. But money. yeah, let's leave it there for today, then, ladies and gentlemen. There was the film and the first three seasons of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, the animated series, the second animated series, not the first one by Neddy Tartaskovsky. Anyway, as always, you can get in touch with us at facebook.com forward slash the screen masters. Send us a message through that if you wish to comment on any of the posts there. You can, of course, as we said now, go to Twitter and at us. I, I will work out how I need to phrase this to get it right. So it's at the SM underscore pod. That's at the SM underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, and head over to the, the YouTube channel, Bikeback, um, sorry, bit.ly forward slash bikebackyt. And the Patreon is bit.ly forward slash bikeback Patreon. And the bite is spelt as a computer bite, not a food bite. Uh, yeah, I think I'll about do it. So I have been Bav. I've been Fluff. And this has been Screen Masters. And I haven't got Craig ready to kick out of the thing, so this is still recording.